Hey everybody, this is Nick. Uh, this is the Walking Together podcast. I'm here with uh, Kyle, John, and Jordan. What's up? Hello. Hey. Yeah. Hey. So uh, today on the podcast, we're talking about something that is um, close to my heart, um, just because it's something I've been going through recently. But um, have you ever wondered or, or even thought about what do you what do you do when you know the truth and you know the you have the knowledge in your head, but you can't make your heart do it? Or you have a rebellious heart. Uh, what do you do with that? When uh, you know the truth, you know what you're supposed to do, uh, but you just don't want to. Uh, so that's what we're talking about today. And uh, yeah, does anybody got anything on that? What do you do when you don't want to do what you know you're supposed to do? I think it's about obedience. Uh, I that's super easy to say and super hard to do. Um, you know, oh, yeah. obedience is not fun for anybody. And, um, and I think that when you have a rebellious heart, it's even harder. Um, because then you're, you're having to put your place, put yourself in a place where you're being submitted. Um, and when you're rebellious, that's the opposite of submitted. So, um, I think obedience is the thing. I, I thought immediately of um, of a proverb. I don't remember what the actual proverb is, but it is uh, basically a man without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Um, I teach that to all my boys because I want them to know when we aren't exercising self-control, when we aren't backing ourselves down in those those times like that um when it is hard um it's like tearing the walls down and just letting the enemy come in and raid your camp um and it's one of those things where if you don't um if you don't pour into that when you're not in the midst of the battle then when the battle's there it's too late well yeah i was just fixing to say you need somebody to tell you that and if you don't have anybody to tell you that, then you're, you're, when the attack comes, you're just going to get messed up. Right. And that goes into having mentors in your life. That goes into having accountability partners, you know, people who, the, who you're pouring into and also people who are pouring into you. <laughs> if you haven't been diligent about that in the seasons when you're not in the depths of the valley, then um, when you find yourself there, it's it's almost too late to go and seek those things out, um, which is kind of a catch twenty two for people, right? Because if you find yourself in that position, most of the time you find yourself in that position because you haven't done those things. <laughs> so, um, and I think that kind of speaks to what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago about being available for people uh, and um, being intentional about being a disciplee and a discipler. Yeah. It's Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. Just there FYI. Nice. <laughs> Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. Yep. But so um and we can edit this part out if you want to. But do you want to explain kinda You don't have to edit it out. I you know I think God gives you things for other people and, and hopefully this is for somebody else. And, you know, I don't, one thing I've always hated about church, uh, I'll just say this before I 
tell you what's been going on. Um, is when it's not real, you can only follow it for so long. And if people aren't being real with you, then eventually you're going to be like, well, this is just a show. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of watching. And uh, <laughs> no matter how hard it is, I always want to be real with people. Um, Craig Groeschel, I always Mm -hmm. mess up his last name, always says uh, at the end of his podcast, people would rather follow somebody that's always real than somebody that's always right. And um, I remember that, and it just helps me to remember, like, people don't care how good you look. Right. People care that you're genuine. Right. And... um, so I, saying that, I'll I'll get into, I guess, how this topic even kind of come about. And um, about a month ago, um, I have two daughters, uh, Olivia, who is six years old, and Lainey, who is three years old. Uh, well, four years old now. Uh, she just turned four last week. Um and my oldest daughter, Olivia, um, I noticed she was, um, she had gotten sick around Christmas and, uh, about two weeks later, I noticed she was, uh, getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, which was something she'd never done and was thirsty all the time. And, um, after about a week of it, she started complaining her stomach was hurting and, uh, she had her annual physical uh, in February. So, you know, we were like, well, we'll ask about it when you go to your annual physical. She goes to the physical and they tell her, tell us, you know, she needs to get her blood work done. That was on a Wednesday. So Friday morning before school, I take her to get her blood drawn. And Friday afternoon, they call us back and say, um, Olivia's A1C and hemoglobin, which blood sugar, uh, simpler terms is two and a half times higher than it's supposed to be. And at this time, you know, I, I know nothing about diabetes. So we go, they just tell us you need to go to the hospital, even you need to be monitored and try to figure out what's going on. And so that kind of put some angst in our hearts. And so we go to the hospital and figure out, you know, Olivia has type 1 diabetes. You know, it's amazing how in one phone call your whole life can change. Mm. And I know that's kind of cliche or, or, you know, people are going through much worse things than type 1 diabetes. Uh, but it just reminded me, like, when that happened, it, was, it just a thought popped in my head, like, you know, instead of looking inward and being selfish or looking at the glass half empty like you need to remember every day is a gift and it can all be taken away from you in the snap of a finger and um not saying that this was that devastating but it just reminded me you know uh things can change in an instant and just be grateful for the moment and be in the moment um anyway we go to the hospital for two nights and uh kind of get a crash course on type 1 diabetes and so type 1 diabetes is different than type 2 type 2 is kind of onset 
self-inflicted, you know, either uh, by lack of exercise or overweight or poor diet. And it can be corrected by changing those things. And type 1 diabetes is where uh, more than likely, uh, sometimes it's genetic or hereditary, but more than likely um, a host or a virus comes in and your body starts trying to fight off that virus and creates antibodies, which ends up killing something in your body. So her body stopped producing insulin, so now she has to mm. have insulin to correct it. Uh, but this whole podcast is not about type 1 diabetes. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get to, in, in the shortest way possible, why the question of how do you make your um, heart do something it don't want to do uh, or something that you know is a truth. All that happened, and I had—I didn't realize, but you know, my whole schedule changed. You know, um, to five shots a day and six checks a day, and a check at three o'clock in the morning, and and counting carbs, and um, just thinking about everything you do, which is not—that aggravates me. Uh, I like to be free and open and just kind of let life happen and not, I mean, not just react to life, but, you know, be open enough to where if something, if something, an opportunity pops up, you know, you can jump on it and all that changed. Yeah. And, uh, it frustrated me. And, um, over the past 10 days, you know, Olivia, you know, God really prepared Olivia. I don't, I don't know how. Uh, but Olivia's, you know, she's been doing great, uh, with the shots and injections and she went back to school this week and, but, uh, you know, I would say me and my wife have been struggling with adjusting to the schedule and, and I just felt more pressure. And so I knew, I know, I know God's goodness. I know God's faithfulness. I know God's promises. Um, but I just couldn't find an outlet, um, and it was like, you know, having to schedule 12 things to get an hour to yourself. And you're thinking, you know, I'm going to spend this hour with God. I'm going to go for a run. And it's going to uplift me and encourage me and fix me. Mm-hmm. And take away some of this stress, some pressure. And then you go and do that thing. And it doesn't. You know, I'm going to go to this worship service and just pour my heart out to God and and it's going to fix me and it's going to fix this situation and it doesn't and uh, you get frustrated and I, I said all that to say one of the worst things you can do is keep trying to fix it or keep trying to make it to where uh, you, you got to do something uh, and so you know John said Originally, obedience is what you have to do in those times. And one of my questions was, well, what if you don't know what that looks like? Or what if you don't want to be obedient? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have people around you to help you, well, let's say you don't have anybody around you. So you're just going to keep being in that vicious circle. Um, you got to be able to tell God how you feel. And it's okay 
to tell God you're mad at him. It's okay to tell God you're frustrated. And if you can't get to that point, then no matter what you do, no matter how holy or spiritual or good it is, it's not going to fix the problem because God is waiting for you to be honest with him and be honest with yourself. And so all that pressure, which I thought was a bad thing, was just pushing me to that point. And um, it, it's, you know, starting to get on the other side of it. It's been a, a good thing, you know. I, I know God is calling me into something deeper. I'm not sure exactly what that is. But um, until you can be honest with God and yourself, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and you, that's all. Uh, I, I guess that's the starting point. That's kind of what culminated in into this. Yeah. So how how would you say that like just being shaken? <laughs> how has that changed, um, or has it changed how you view? God, do you think it should? If it hasn't, then you can. I would be lying if I sit here and sat here and said no. Because uh, you can sit here and no matter how much head knowledge you got, until you've experienced it and felt it and gone through it, there's no way you can say, "I know God is faithful and I know God is good." And I know if until you've experienced them things, it don't matter how many books you read or how much of the Bible you memorize. Until you've had that relationship and experience, you have you don't really know. Because uh, there's a difference in head knowledge and, and heart knowledge. And heart knowledge mm-hmm. is just experience, you know. Uh, and I've experienced that before, but you, you I don't I don't think people realize like how easy and how much you forget and how fast you forget. Mm-hmm. And you forget, you know, some of the I think A.W. Tozer says Never forget the pit from which you were dug. and But you do. You forget what, you know, what you were like before you came to Christ or before you fully surrendered or submitted or, you know, five years ago, what your mindsets were or what your habits were or train of thought was. You forget all that stuff. So, you know, I think in, in God's goodness and faithfulness, he's thinking of eternity in, in the long run. Um, those things are good for you, but they don't feel good at the time, so you associate them as something bad. Well, on Sunday, um, we were at on what number six? Is that what the message was about? Number six? I think so. Not number six, but the snake numbers six. Yeah, snake on a pole. Yeah, snake on a pole. When, when uh, the Israelites were ticked off at God and was complaining about how they didn't have anything to eat or drink, and then they said that the manna sucks, it's not good, it's terrible, or whatever, you know, they're like, "Ah, oh, this this food stinks." This and uh, and then he sent the snakes and whatever, and. Um, you talking about that because I was actually going through something this past weekend where um, I had like it was kind of the same thing. Like, how do you 
even though you know what you need to do, if your heart's not, if your heart's not there, then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, um, Bobby talked this past Sunday, um, about gratitude and about, um, you know, just being thankful for things. And that was kind of at where I was at a place to where I was, I was just not, I, I wasn't in a place of gratitude because I think if we're honest, we can always, there's always something to complain about, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. a big thing or a small thing. And in, in Nick's case, this past couple of weeks, it was, you know, for him, for him and for a lot of people, there's a big thing. Like, you know, I'm, and so, you know, my, my comparatively, my small thing here recently was we're, we're trying to go on a trip in a couple of weeks. And so then on this past Monday, uh, or Sunday, um, you know, check engine light comes on in the car and we're like, well, crud, like maybe our car, like we're about to drive all the way down to Florida and there's a possibility that our car that we were going to take isn't going to make the journey. And so we're like, well, this is terrible. And then we're thinking about, oh, now we got to buy another car. And, you know, you think, start thinking about the money you got to spend and all this kind of stuff. And, and so then, uh, just started, which is, it's kind of the opposite, but like, I guess typically, um, well, I guess I can't say typically, but anyway, so Lindsay, my wife was, uh, she, she said, you know, it all work out, but at least the check engine light didn't come on when we were on our trip, you know, mm-hmm. at least, it, at least it didn't happen while we were in Georgia or, you know, wherever away from, you know, the people that work on our cars and all that kind of stuff. And, um, that got me to the point to where I started thinking about the the situation and instead of thinking about how terrible it is start thinking about the the positives of it and christian servers we were talking about kind of the same topic as well but we were talking about um was it romans 28 all things work together for the good uh for those who are called according to his purpose mm-hmm. getting getting in a getting in a headspace of of uh of gratitude Instead of the headspace of, of, you know, complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you can get in the headspace of gratitude and see the good things that are happening, then I think that that will help your heart to change. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, comparison kills. And you should think about it that seriously. Because when you start looking at something like, well, my problem's not as big as Jordan's problem, or at least, you know, there's people dealing with you. God is personal with you. And if he's using something to grow you or stretch you, then don't worry about what it looks like to everybody else or if it's a big deal or not a big deal to everybody else. And, um, Jordan, you were talking about just like your perspective, how you look at things. Um, if you deal with something, whatever you're dealing with, whether it's car trouble or type one diabetes or, uh, whatever, um, you know, 
if you're thinking about God, what are you doing in this moment and what are you shaping and molding in me? Um, if Olivia would have never got type one diabetes, um, my marriage probably would have suffered. I know God having this tighter schedule has made me get off my phone more and spend more time with Chrissy and communicate with her more. And, um, those are just two immediate blessings I've seen come from it. Um, it's making Olivia stronger. It's making her not average, um, to where I believe God will use that later on to help other people. So it's all about your perspective. Um, but you got to have people around you to help you see and remember them promises and truths and God won't let go of you. And, um, if you don't have people around you, the only way to look is in. Right. If there's no one else to look at. And, uh, when you start doing that, then your glass is always going to be half empty. Yep. Yeah. It's difficult to, it does really take training to uh, not see inconveniences as negative. <laughs> I mean, cause that's really what it is. is it's an inconvenience, but there's <laughs> just knowing how God works, you know, uh, he, he redeems things. And so he can redeem even, even those inconveniences and, because if life was super easy, then we wouldn't need God either, right? So it always makes us draw closer to Him. That's the one thing I try to remember. And, you know, I guess that's why it does say in James, like, count it all joy whenever you do suffer various trials. Now, understanding that that is not always the most <laughs> helpful thing to remind people. Um, I mean, maybe you can talk about that in a, in a second too, but, like, you know, just just the whole idea of that inconveniences uh, are not always a negative thing in the way that uh, we perceive them. But uh, inconveniences can just be shaking us up to uh, for God to change our focus. And oftentimes that's how I see it. But uh, going back to that one part, like what would be the most helpful thing for you right now? Or anybody who's going through one of those trials, would it be to remind us? <laughs> uh, or for us to remind you of James 1? Not necessarily James 1. Because <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's one of them things of like, you know, I know that, but I don't feel it. So you telling it to me a hundred times ain't going to make me feel it any more than I already do now. Knowing that God does not let go of you, knowing that God knows every hair on your head, knowing things like bad habits usually have immediate satisfaction and good long-term lasting things take time. So knowing that this is just a time, this is just a short time. And just because I'm feeling a certain way right now doesn't mean... I need to make a reaction or a judgment or 
a life decision based on how I'm feeling right now. And to know that it's okay to not, to not be able to fix it. Right. It's okay. Like I am a performance based person. I am, uh, uh, I will do everything in my power. I'm a competitive person. I would, you know, do whatever I have to do to be better. And majority of the time, from what I'm seeing now, is that's not a good thing. Uh, uh, it is in in a few small things, but altogether, it it normally just puts more harm on myself. Um, and so yesterday, you know, after having the conversation with John and Beth, and just being reminded of some of those things, and and knowing that it's okay to to not be you know god is holy god is perfect and that is awesome but it's okay to not think god is awesome all the time um and to tell him that and you know he'll meet you where you're at so yesterday i I had a little time to to do that and i had to tell myself you know i had to tell god i can't fix this i don't know what to do so what i'm going to do is just wait and be okay with waiting and just spending time with you and not worrying about what that looks like to other people or how much I'm doing or not doing or if I'm doing enough or any of it and just wait. And, uh, yesterday was a really good day. I think the weather helped, uh, but just not trying to fix it. What's something that helped? I have a problem with always trying to fix things too. <laughs> Lindsay it's... always tells me if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> but like, I'll look at something and see that it's not like at its, like it could be better. And so I'll try and make it better. And sometimes I make it better, but sometimes <laughs> I make it worse. And then, and then I'm like, dang it, why would, and, and a lot of times it, it, it comes out of impatience. Um, you know, I'm like, I, that, you know, it's like, I'll just use this for example. Uh, so I'm having to ship off a firearm because there was an issue with, with a part of it. And I was like, oh man, I could, I could totally, I could totally fix it and it'll be okay. And, um, so I was like trying to, to, you know, do something for it and, and then it still didn't help. It didn't make it worse, but it still didn't help. And so then, I, and then I, you know, went uh, somewhere yesterday. I was like, "Oh, well, you should just send it off to the manufacturer because it has a warranty." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And uh, so then I call, and they said, "Oh, yeah, that issue is is uh, is something that is known, and you know, it's a warrantable light. You know, it's a warrantable deal. There's nothing that you did, whatever. We'll you know, we'll give you the shipping package. You'll be free. Blah blah blah." blah. And, um, so then I'm just like, I'm just like, man, I should have just done that in the first place instead of, cause I like, it was bothering me that I, that, that this thing was happening with it and I just wanted to fix it. And it was like consuming my brain so much to where it was like making me miserable and sick feeling. And that's how I feel with anything. And it's stupid stuff like this, like this gun, or if I make a mistake on a job where I'm building a deck and there's like this, this, this nail that I 
put in the place that I didn't want to put it. And, and uh, like that kind of stuff, like it sounds really dumb, but that kind of stuff keeps me up at night. Like, I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> I wish I was, but I'm not joking. Like that kind of stuff will go through my brain and be like, Oh, it could be better. Like I should have put it, you know, a quarter of an inch over here and you know, it ended up splitting or it ended up doing this or whatever. And then it's just crazy, man. And so like what you're talking about is like of, of doing nothing like lately i think god's been teaching me like dude you got you need more more patience like you just gotta like if i would have just because i wanted to take care of this thing now because i didn't want to go through the hassle of shipping it off and having it come back and blah 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 blah. you know it's not like i need it right now we're not in a war or anything but <laughs> you know like it's just you know you just don't want you don't you want everything like right now you want everything resolved right now and so i try to do it right now myself and uh you know, so it's just, and then I ended up just doing what I ended up doing what I didn't want to do in the first place. So why didn't I just be patient with it and do what I knew I should have done in the first place? I was like, oh, it's probably under warranty. Maybe I should just call them and, and see if they'll take care of it. I was like, no, I can fix it. <laughs> and I do that a lot. You know, I think we all, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Like you just want to, <laughs> we want to fix stuff. And I know it's not just a man thing. I think a lot of women are like that too with their kids or with, you know, whatever, but you know, we always just want to fix things. And, you know, a lot of times it's not, it's not up to us to do the fixing. We just got to be, we just got to be patient and be, um, be faithful that God's going to do the fixing and we got to let him do it. Um, and, and just get out of the way. One of the things I prayed yesterday was, and I didn't realize it, but in, in you saying all that was, you know, just God, thank you for making me uncomfortable to be able to see things I couldn't see when I was comfortable. And um, you don't like it at the time, but, you know, it was really a short period of time. It was like 10 days. It wasn't, uh, and, and I'm not saying I'm out of it, um, but I'm starting to see a little differently. And, uh, you know, the terrible thing is the world we live in, everything is, is instant and self-gratifying and it just tricks your brain all up to to what kind of biblical principles are and things that are lasting and and uh if you're constantly in that instant satisfaction gratification uh reward social media world all the time you you lose all that um, those things, you know, that last, um, so the world doesn't help at all. So you need people around you to remind you like, Hey, getting away from that stuff is going to give you the perspective you need to get through this thing. Right. So to sum it all up, you could say, just like be patient, surround yourself with good people, but also be, just make sure you're getting in in God's presence, just praying, just still keep doing the things. Telling somebody to be patient is like, I don't know. Well, trying to not, hold water. Yeah. You know. Well, not necessarily telling people to be patient, well, but. you know. Encouraging the patient. The most, encur- <laughs> the most, I guess, tactical, physical thing I've got out of this whole conversation and this experience over the past two weeks is you need people around you to remind you 
that God's not going to let go of you. And you need to be able to be honest with yourself and honest with God. Yeah. All that other stuff, God will, the patience, the perspective, the, all that other stuff, God will work it out, but it's warranted. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to feel like one of the scariest things you ever do. But if you can ever be honest with somebody and tell them how you really feel, and they can begin to trust you and you trust them. And if you got at least one person in your life, uh, you can do that with. No matter what you go through, you got, you know, yes, that needs to be God, but God gave us people and each other to be unified and be that body together. And so you need people. That's something I haven't been good at in the past. And so what when you don't have people, what it led to, for me was that inward cause you, you only got you and then you, you, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. That pressure just keeps getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And then you got to find something or use something, tobacco, alcohol, drugs, TV, porn, something, some kind of substance to relieve that stress and pressure and all those thoughts. So then you get to where you just quit thinking about it as much. And before you know it, you're down this road you never thought you'd been down because you're not willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So those those would be the most important things, I think. There's a saying that I heard a long time ago, and I just looked it up. It doesn't really have one specific author. It's attributed to like 10 different people. So I don't know who it actually is. But going back to kind of the original question, is saying... Uh, the longest journey you will make in your life is from your head to your heart. And so... Well, it's a lifelong journey, I believe. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's why I was asking about the, the patience thing again, because I do think that that is a, that's a big thing, is understanding that it's not... That it is a journey, and that sometimes you're not going to be okay immediately after life gets shaken. Sometimes it's going to be months, years decades before something uh, sits right with that situation. You know, even if it's glossed over for a little bit um, or swept under the rug for a little while, uh, that stuff always finds a way to reappear, right? And it's a matter of letting God deal with it, though, and just being honest with him, like you said. Because if we can't do that, then if we can't be real with our dad... You know, our Heavenly Father, we're going to have a hard time um, resolving anything. So, uh, that's one of, my, one of my back pocket quotes that I keep, though. Is the longest journey you'll ever make is from your head to your heart. It is. And sometimes mm-hmm. getting your heart above your head is a really challenging thing. And I actually had somebody at one point in time like she was like you guys have got to get your hearts above your heads and literally like made us put our heads on the floor and so it was a whole thing you know and so you're feeling all awkward and stupid and you're like my rear end is in the air like my head is on the floor I'm in a skirt I'm trying to make sure that my skirts you know like everything is where it's supposed to be and uh but the whole point in the exercise in that moment was you know are you willing to really just trust God are you willing to, to look foolish to the world in order to get as close as you can to the Lord 
and have him do the things because we can get into those moments where we think that we can fix everything or uh, do it ourselves. And in those moments of trying to be patient, you know, it's trying to really figure out, okay, well, what's my fear in this? Mm -hmm. Am I afraid that, you know, God's not going to show up and fix this or he's not going to show up in these moments? And uh, it was one of the things that we talked about yesterday about getting your heart above your head Mm -hmm. and, um, just walking in faith instead of, you know, walking in the church answer answers. Because right. the church answer is real easy. The church answer is, you know, well, this, you can have the knowledge of what the scripture says in this moment and and you should count it all as joy. But you're thinking, I don't feel very joyous right now. <laughs> right. I'm a little angry because I don't understand. Yeah. Um, and, and as brothers and sisters, just being with each other and for each other and saying, Hey, it's, it's okay to process those emotions that you're having with your dad. Um, it's okay to tell him because he's going to walk you through all those things and he understands that you don't understand. Right. Um, and that's a, and that's a really cool thing. Cause even Bobby mentioned it Sunday, you know, talking about, uh, healing, you know, we always pray for healing, uh, in a sense to where, they're still here afterwards, but sometimes healing looks like death. You know, uh, Bobby mentioned that Sunday, and I was like, "Wow, yeah." Well, uh, you live forever, right? You know, and not, it's not YOLO. It's uh, <laughs> you know, so if you, if you look at it that way, it's, it is healing. Right. Um, Beth talked the depends on where you went. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> the head above your Sorry. heart, heart above your head thing is is biblical. Um, James, it's in James. Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you. And mm-hmm. and humble, make yourself low, and God will lift you up. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, yeah, I I um, have that verse wrote on my wall in the attic of my garage. So anytime I go up there, it reminds me, you know, you need to, you need to get down. <laughs> right. Sometimes something as incon- insignificant as a physical position can change your perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the summary of the conversation? What's the main, if you leave people one thing, what's one thing you leave them with? I would say that even though, you know, when you go through a trial, you're not always going to count it all as joy. Even though you know in your headspace that's what you're supposed to do, you do still have to have the time to process what's actually happened. And you need that space with other believers who can speak truth and life into you and not just tell you the platitudes of, well, you should count this all joy because you're not feeling joyous in that moment. That trial may be really hard and it may be Mm -hmm. a very scary road that you're headed down. And to say that, you know, oh, well, it's negative if you say it this way, or it's positive if you say it that way. The truth is in that moment, that person needs to feel loved and accepted wherever they are in their journey. And it's up to the, it's up to the Lord to expose those fears in them and to pull those out and to heal those wounds. And it's for us to walk together in that moment and say, it's all right if you're angry right now, understand. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to be mad back. You know, he's, it's okay to be unsure in this moment 
and, you know, which of his attributes is looking to show up for you. You know, I know you guys had spoken earlier about, is it something as simple as you're just having car trouble and, you know, are you worried about being able to pay for that? Um, or is it something as serious as my child is in the hospital or you've gotten a bad diagnosis or something like that? Either way, a different fear rises up in that moment. And who does God want to be in that moment? And for us, making each other feel inadequate or like we're doing it all wrong, that is not helpful and it is not Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Thank y'all. I think it's been a really good conversation. Because the thing is, is life happens, we get shaken often, and we've got to remember these things. <laughs> we really do. Um, so thank y'all for listening to this episode. Um, if you want to reach out to us, have any questions, comments about this episode, uh, or anything else, you just want to say, hey, uh, go to gatheringsurfcity.com slash WTP. The WTP stands for Walking Together Podcast. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you. We'd love to answer some of your questions on a future episode. Uh, So go ahead, reach out. And uh, again, thank you for listening to this episode. We will catch you next time. Thanks, guys.